1: Hello, my friends, and welcome to our practice session. In our practice sessions, we invite our featured guests to show off their negotiation and conflict resolution skills in a realistic scenario. In this session, I want you to pay attention to what our guest does and not to what I do, because while they are trying to show off their skills and teach you, I'm trying to frustrate their efforts in different ways through things like aggression, annoyance, emotionality, or awkwardness. And then after the practice session, we debrief and talk about what worked, what didn't work, and what you can use in your next difficult conversation. All right, everybody. So welcome to the practice session. Again, our guest is Dan Oblinger. He was our previous guest on the last episode. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure you do. This practice session it has been inspired by, not inspired, completely written by our friend Alan Tsang. Okay, so here it is. I'm going to read it out loud. I will be the husband in this situation, and Dan will be Dan, the the hostage negotiator. A husband takes his wife hostage, thinking that she's been unfaithful, fully believing that. He has a knife to her throat when police show up. The wife is barely able to talk or move because the mentally unstable husband has been beating her, so she is unable to comply with police or fight back or run. The husband demands her or the police to bring the person she's been allegedly cheating with. The problem is, there is nobody. So Dan, you are the lead negotiator in this case, and you have to negotiate with this man who is behind the door and unwilling to come out. Any wrong move, and he will do the unthinkable. Well, this is going to be a a test of my
2: acting chops. You ready to go? Let's do it. All right. And action. Hey, I'm Dan. I'm with the police department. I'm here to help. I'd, I'd love to listen to you and find out what's going on. Bring the
1: man to the door.
2: It sounds like you need a man here, a specific man. Am I right? Yes. You sound determined.
1: Of course I'm determined. I have a goal. I need him here right now. Bring him here. I'm not going to say anything else until he's right at the door. And you don't talk to me until he's at the door.
2: I just want to make sure I have this right. I need to find this man that you need. I've been, a, you I've have been abundantly
1: clear. I've been abundantly clear. Mm-hmm. Just bring him here. Okay?
2: Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I have it right because he sounds so determined. You need this man, and you're not going to say anything, and we're not going to talk until this man is here. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right.
2: Okay. I want to help you, and I'm going to see if I can get this, this man.
1: Who is it? It's the man who my wife has been sleeping with for the past six months. That's who I
2: need you to bring. Wow. Wow. Okay. Six months. And that's why we need him here. Yes. That may take some time. So please give me that time to do this right for you.
1: Listen, that's not my problem. It would help. That's not, that is not my problem. What that's, all can you- that's her problem. That's your problem. It's not my problem.
2: Okay. It's not your problem.
1: I'm not hearing much movement.
2: So what's happening right now is I've taken your request and passed it off to a, uh, my, my friend and partner. He is going to make sure that we work on that. I will tell you. It'll go faster if we know who the man is.
1: That's the problem. I don't know who this man is. That's why I need the detective. Okay. You're a detective, right? Or don't you have detectives on your team? You can figure this out. I, I can't figure this out. I'm I'm behind this door, and and I'm trying to trying to just keep myself together here. And I I just discovered this, and I need somebody to figure out what's been going on in my life because clearly I I had no idea. So I'm going to need somebody to finally be on my team. And figure this out so I can solve this problem once he's here.
2: It sounds like you got blindsided by this. I did not see this coming. It must be tough. I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm sitting here trying my best to be a decent guy. And then and then
2: this comes up. It sounds like fairness is important to you. I don't even know if fairness exists anymore. You sound kind of hopeless about all this. Well, for the time
1: being. But I, I, I'm going to have some hope once he shows up, once you bring him to me. And then I'll, I'll solve that problem. Mm -hmm. Then things will start to become
2: Mm -hmm. fair again. When the man gets here, what will happen?
1: I think you and I both know what's going to happen.
2: I get concerned when you talk about it like that because I think people will get hurt. I'm hurt. And nobody seems to care about that. I'm hurt.
1: And so all I'm trying to do is is make things right.
2: I want to work with you. Uh, What can I call you? Alan. Alan, I'm Dan. I'm gonna do my best to get you what you need. I don't wanna see you hurt anymore today. I'm told that your wife is in there with you. What's her name? Melanie. Alan and Melanie. Alan, while we wait for this man to come, would you please come out and wait with me?
1: See, here's the funny thing. I think I think everybody in this situation thinks I'm stupid. I think Melanie thinks I'm stupid. That's why this happened. She doesn't respect me. She doesn't like me, love me or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And so she thinks I'm stupid. And I think Mm -hmm. you think I'm stupid because the second I come out there, I'm going to get shot or arrested. Why would I do that? Tell me, tell me why I would do that. I told you what I need to do. The only way that I win this day Mm -hmm. is if you bring him here to me and I get to do what I need to do to make things right. And now you're, you're, you're implying that I'm stupid, that I'm just going to walk outside and, and, and let you take me away or take my life. No, not until the deal is done.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. How can I do that? What do you mean, Alan? How can I give you this man when you've said you want to hurt him?
1: See, that's not my problem. You keep on bringing these things, bringing up these things. The reality is, the reality is, I have Melanie in here. I mean, what do you think her status is? Mm-hmm. If if that if he is not in front of me in the next thirty minutes, then you know
2: what's going to happen to Melanie. Well, I I don't. So, w- what's going to happen to Melanie? Do you want me to say it? Do you
1: do you need me to say it? I'll just. How about I say it this way? I'll use a euphemism. Well, I'll use this flower, flowery language that you're using on me. I'm I'm going to make things right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm. It sounds like you feel betrayed.
1: Absolutely. There's nobody on my team. Uh, but I'm on my team. I know that. That's for sure.
2: I can help you, but you understand that I don't want to see anybody hurt. So there's going to be some negotiation to this, I guess. So how do I win? My job in this whole, all these people outside. So you're in control of what's inside there, right? Right. And the police are in charge of everything out here. And there's many of us here. And And my job, and I'm the only one, my job is to listen to you and find out what you want and see what we can do.
1: So how do you help me?
2: Well, what is your goal? I already told You said goal earlier. I thought that was a really interesting word. I, I already
1: told you, told you my goal, to even the score.
2: Okay. And you said that fairness is important to you and that you didn't even know if fairness existed anymore. Yes. And you were hurt deeply. So you want to see them hurt, both of them. Absolutely. When was the last time that you weren't hurt? Take me to a time where you and Melanie, when things were good. That might help me understand.
1: What's the What's the point of this?
2: Well, how bad are you hurt, right? Like what's... We often find it's it's good to talk about like how big is the loss like this is sounds huge,
1: yeah I mean it's my world my everything everything's gone, everything's gone, mm-hmm. yeah nothing else nothing else mm-hmm. matters anymore.
2: And you were blindsided by this,
1: yes absolutely.
2: Well, tell me tell me about your world tell me more about your world so obviously Melanie was who's your world now.
1: Well, I have uh, two kids, Jake and Rob, seven mm-hmm. and eight. Mm-hmm. I care about them. I I work here at a, a local IT firm and uh, as a software engineer, job is a little bit boring, but pays the bills. We have a house and that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to provide. And that's what I was doing. Just chugging along, providing, trying to be the best dad and best husband I could.
2: And then, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. this yeah. happened. Yeah, so Jake and Rob are really important to you. I can tell. Mhm. I, I mean, they're they're all I have left.
0: Hi, this is Catherine Kanapke. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at the American Negotiation Institute, and we have some exciting news for you. Our new online course will be launching on January 13th, 2020. Over the past few years, we've traveled the country teaching professionals in procurement, sourcing, and sales the keys to effective negotiation. We've taken all of the lessons from those workshops and put it into this powerful course. This course will provide you and your team with a powerful set of strategic tools that you can use to get the best deal for your company. At the end of the program, you'll have more confidence, more skills, and we'll get better deals in the process. Remember, class starts January 13th, 2020. We hope to see you there. Check out the website to learn more. And now, back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.
2: How are, how are they taking this?
1: I haven't had a chance to talk to them, but I mean, I'm assuming this is not ideal.
2: Do you know where, I mean, where, where are they now? They're with my mom. Well, when you come out, I'll make sure you get to talk to them. I know it's important. I got kids too. So
1: where do we go from here?
2: Well, I think the situation remains the same. You're in charge of, of Melanie and there and her welfare one way or the other. And we're in charge of everything out here. And they've asked me to continue to listen to you. And as long as you and I are listening, nobody's going to come in there. As long as you and I are are exchanging information and working together, nobody's going to interrupt us. And I can promise you this, as long as you are in control of everything in there, we're in control of everything out here. And so we can work together and find what you want and get it. Just understand that, you know, we're the police and it's our mission. Nobody gets hurt, including you, by the way. So when you're when you come out, you'll be treated very well. When you come out, when you want to talk with me face to face instead of on a phone, they'll respect you. They'll be they'll treat you very fairly. You won't be put on the ground, you won't be dogpiled. all right? They're just going to make sure you don't have any weapons so we can keep talking safely. So whenever you want to do that, you just got to let me know. But for right now, you know, really I think it's important. I'd like to know more about Jake and Rob. I think that could be really important to this whole situation.
1: Yeah, Jake Jake and Rob, two little boys. Uh they're both in um peewee football there Jake is interested in math Rob is not sure what Rob wants to do but
2: you know that's all right though I mean he's got time
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I love them they're my world
2: it sounds like your world changed a lot drastically man I can't even imagine that but the constant the constant is gonna be Jake and Rob yeah you're right Alan who is going to be there for Jake and Rob when they graduate from high school? Who's going to be there when they have questions about becoming men? Are you going to do that? I have to. You? Who else can? Do you want this other guy to raise your kids? No, I can't let that happen. Okay. Think about that when you're making decisions today. Like I said, you're in control in there. Out here, people are watching your decisions and they're going to start taking stuff away from you. Nothing's gone yet. Like you haven't made as long as Melanie's okay. Is Melanie okay in there? She's she's fine. Okay. If you can keep it that way, you have all kinds of options. All right.
1: Okay. All right. I hear you. We good? I, I hear you. Good. Well done, Dan. Well done. This was yeah. really well. Great. And
2: this is what I'll tell your listeners. Like you know, four four hours you know it's a it's the average so you know this wow. it's not pretty like the it's making sausage truly crisis negotiations is you're always going to make mistakes and they're always going to call you out on that in the beginning and then towards the middle what was interesting is the, that the, the dynamic kind of did feel real there at the end that's kind of when they come off that first emotional high you did a good job like portraying how it is so thank you nicely appreciate done. it
1: appreciate it uh that was uh that was a tough one. That was a tough one for me. Uh, for, That's
2: more intense than some of the other ones I've heard.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. That was the most intense. And so a couple a couple of things that I really want to point out here. Number one, your ability to manage silence is just top notch. So listeners, I hope you, for those of you who listen in double speed, uh, like I do with my podcast, I try and go back and <laughs> listen in, in regular time that was painful that that <laughs> that silence hurt and your ability to just let that silence ride for a, an extended period of time is is impressive it really is even for me in this mock negotiation it was incredibly uncomfortable and i felt the need to fill the gap another thing that you did that was great summarizing all the time no matter what was fantastic your active listening skills were on display and then also Even though the in this scenario there's there are these fictional police officers outside, we have the image in our head, letting me feel as though I still had control, not only of the situation but also over my decisions, was really impressive. Very non coercive. Even though you have the full force of the law behind you, you still let me feel as though I was the one in control,
2: and that was masterfully done. So kudos to you. Thank you, sir. I will remind everybody too. I had no prep. I learned about this scenario <laughs> right when you said it. And uh, so you might be like, oh, it's kind of deus ex machina with the two sons. And I'll just remind you, everyone out there, whenever you're trying to help somebody and they're in a really dark place, there's always some light. Hostage negotiators believe that. And that's why we ask those kinds of questions about, you know, who else is in your world? Because we don't know who it is and we can't guess. Like in this situation, Alan, you know, the the subject has to tell us who the hook is, like who are the people Melanie's probably not a hook anymore. Right. But there's got to be somebody. We're still alive. So there's there's hope.
1: And so essentially what you were doing with these questions that you were asking, not only were you keeping me talking, making me feel like I'm in control and controlling the conversation yourself with those questions, but you also were adjusting my focus because I was responding to you. You were in control, you were controlling my focus, and then you started to focus on my children, uh, because you saw that light, and I thought that was a brilliant move. And even though I'm, I'm acting in this scenario, I start to feel what the character is feeling, but when I started thinking about my two beautiful fictional children... I I start to <laughs> calm down a little bit. I, I felt could tell how beautiful
2: really... fictionally they were. It was amazing. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they, it, it was it just like their had... dad. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, and it, it, that's really it was really powerful.
2: Well, I think, and this speaks to the evil genius of Alan Zhang, because I'm assuming that was part of the script for you. Is that I want the man, and the second demand the is I'm not going to talk to you until I get him.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah,
2: that was that was Alan. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And and this is what if you're a good negotiator, don't ever accept demands at face value all the time. people like, I'm not going to talk to you till I get what I want. And then the the standard response that I've learned to do is, well, then that's a good time for a summary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to talk to you more. But before we don't talk, I just want to make sure I got this right. And you talk right through that demand because uh, silence when it's intentional and strategic is great. But, you know, silence from both parties and agreed upon silence, that's the lack of negotiations. We're not moving it forward. We're not saving lives. So no, that was really, that was just evil genius on, that's actually a really common thing we deal with. So take that, Alan.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, that was really, because I, I wasn't sure how long that was going to fester there in that situation. But, <laughs> but the relentless desire to summarize, that was really powerful. That was really, really powerful because it did keep the conversation going.
2: Yeah. If you uh, if there are any police negotiators out there, any students of active listening, you don't have to be a police officer. I think a lot. It's growing and growing in in popularity. Hopefully I'm helping. But you should be able to go through and and you should see most of the active listening skills used at least once. And in the case of the emotion label, it's such a complex emotional problem that Alan painted and that you carried out. There was a lot of emotions in there. So you kind of it's like peeling the emotional onion. That was fantastic. That was really enjoyable to me as a practitioner. Thank you,
1: thank you. Well, I hope the the listeners got a lot out of it. That's always the goal—to uh, use these as as teaching opportunities in a practical way. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for this. This was great. Uh, definitely the most intense <laughs> practice session we've ever had, by far, by far. But I think the um, the thanks, Alan. Aren't... I
2: mean, Kwame, no, right? <laughs> <laughs> can't How rate. The, I can't. I cannot wait for Alan's episode, and I definitely can't wait for his sparring session.
1: That's right. Are you going to change your sparring session for him now after you see how I devious? I have
2: to now, don't I? Yes, I think the do. people would expect it. I think Podcast Land would demand it. So yeah, we're going to add some twists.
1: Good. Good to hear. Alrighty, my friend. Thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate
2: it. Thanks, Kwame. God bless you and God bless your audience. We'll see you on the flip side. Hey, thanks for
1: listening to this episode. If you're liking what you're hearing, please leave a review and subscribe and tell your friends. Our goal is to help as many people as possible. And when you leave reviews, it makes it easier for people to find us in the searches. Thanks again for being a listener. I'll catch you in the next one.